Okay. We're live. I, I'm just going to give it a few more minutes. Um, Sabaho, welcome back. Actually, let's do one more thing. Let's go ahead and go live here. And let's see if this one's going to work. Hi, yes. Okay. So uh, for the first time ever, uh, Sabaho, welcome back to the channel. Not because we we're starting a show, but also because we are not only broadcasting currently to both uh, my Twitch side as well as on uh, Instagram. Uh, well, actually, no, sorry, Twitch, YouTube, and then Instagram. Uh, live now the instagram feed is separate it's not going to be going through Streamyard, so the comments in there will be a little bit different so i have a separate device sitting here right under the camera position that we're looking at so for the audio podcast obviously uh it's more so for just exposure just a little bit and see if uh you know other people will start joining us on this one uh but sabaha welcome back to the channel it is episode 131 uh of the android bay we are back back home after a two weeks somewhat hiatus but not necessarily uh it was for the most part of the same event uh, right before I had to go to IFA, as well as uh, the Sony condo event, I was basically just filming, filming, filming that weekend. So the two weekends ago, I was not able to have a live show because of fear of stressing the, uh, my vocal cords. And of course, because I was producing a lot of content that kind of carried me through almost a week and a half worth of content, uh, with the exception of a couple of videos here and there. Um, but we're back in the studio. And of course, last Saturday, I was in the middle of IFA. And believe it or not, the whole time zone thing threw me off. I didn't even have a chance to put out a, a tweet or a message saying that I was actually not going to be able to be live. So um, with that being said, welcome back. Thank you for everybody for kicking it with us uh, and coming back and joining us on this beautiful Saturday. And I say beautiful is because we had some rain here in Los Angeles. Yeah, surprise surprise it's hot and it's rainy monsoon monsoonal weather for some reason i don't know why uh but that's just me kind of like experiencing this for the first time uh, warm rain is something that we typically don't get we have very dry weather uh where i live and um for the last couple of days uh a, a storm system that's coming up uh, on the west on the west coast of the united states but that's basically going north through the coast uh got us some rain so we have some rain here and of course uh, a little bit of a warm weather not as hot but definitely warm still uh, I see a whole bunch of our friends with us here. Greg kicking it with us as well. Jimmy Fire Dragon, good morning. Sabaho, everybody. Chimmy, uh, Chemi's in there as well. Uh, Laverne's in there as well. Good morning. Farhan, ahlan, ahlan, ahlan. Welcome, welcome back. And of course, Dan, our buddy, Grounded Tech. Thank you very much, Sabaho, Dan. Hope you're doing well. Um, I am live as well, just for reference, on the Android Bay channel, not on the TK Bay channel. Uh, being that this is the Android Bay, I'm keeping everything copacetic. I realize not as many people follow there, but... It's something to try. Uh, I don't have a way of using Instagram on StreamYard. StreamYard does not broadcast to Instagram. So it does Facebook, but it doesn't do Instagram. And then with those two, it doesn't allow me to schedule things in advance. So long story short, we're here. We're back. Um, and there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of things to talk. And we'll start off real quick. We got a comment from Jimmy. Um, same here. First time in quite a while, TK. Uh, quite a bit of rain, uh, about five, um, five millimeters, uh, maybe slightly more. It's crazy. It's crazy. The weather is, I'll say this, last year wasn't as warm for us here in Southern California, or at least in California in general. Uh, this year, it definitely got a lot hotter, but it was more consistently hot for a long time. I'm almost tempted to say that it's been over a month now that we've had literally over 100 degrees, 100 to 108 degrees uh, fluctuating between those two. And that's typically close to about, you know, like 40, 41 degrees in, in my area in Los Angeles. It's a little bit cooler other areas. Um, so definitely the weather has been playing some very different things on us. But the last thing, obviously, is the fact that you know, we now have rain and we have more of monsoonal rain, which is typically not something that we get here in Southern California. 
Uh, but we're doing okay. We should be okay. Hopefully things will be better. We got some rain. Our plants and everything is getting water. We do need the water here. We've been in a drought. So it's something, um, it's different, but it's nice. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I'll take it the whichever way we're able to get it. Let's just say that. Um, I see Chemi's kicking with us as well from... Uh, uh, directly from uh, from Twitch as well. We are on there. Ron Guido's in there as well. Good morning. Sabaho. Uh, everybody coming in, hit, kicking it with us. Um, I'll say this. Last week was a very interesting endeavor for me. I Typically, I don't do two events or two major events for me in one week. Typically, it's one event per week. So if I'm going somewhere, if I'm going to IFA, I'm going to MWC, I'm going to XYZ, you know, OnePlus and so on. It's one event per week. They typically don't co to coexist per se. So a while back, Sony reached out and they were like, Hey, um, we're looking at where we have an event called Condo. We're finally coming back into in person. It's been, you know, on hiatus for the last couple of years. And not only are we going to have Xperia there, but we're also going to have AirPeak, which is their drone technology, which is something I've been very interested in checking out. So naturally I was like, yes, please. Thank you. Uh, where do I sign kind of a thing? You know what I mean? And, uh, of course, at the same time, we had a chance to start playing, or I had a chance to start playing, uh, with this little guy, the Xperia five Mark, uh, Mark four. So now this is going to be interesting on both Instagram and on the, uh, on the camera, it actually lines ever so nicely. Um, and then of course I had an opportunity to be attending there. So at that point, by the way, I did not know I was going to IFA. Um, Honor at that point had not reached out. And then maybe about a couple of weeks after I confirmed with, uh, with Samsung, well, sorry, Samsung with Sony honor reaches out. And then of course it's a dilemma because you have to kind of like, which event do I go to? IFA is in the latter part of the week. Condo starts at the beginning part of the week. And you had to kind of, um, um, basically manage time. And I was, I'll say this, I was very thankful that Sony was very understanding that I needed to leave a little bit early. I was still able to attend most of the event, but I ended up missing the second day uh, the last day part of the event so basically i missed about half a day from like noon to later and that's pretty much what i got there um welcome dexter thank you for joining us i see dexter just joined us in uh, in the chat over on instagram um and the long story short is this starting on monday i was crazy going in i so i left here to go to condo it was in idaho we landed we did a whole bunch of stuff it was amazing it was a lot of fun and then of course at about noonish on wednesday i had to leave so i left at noon on wednesday picked up a flight went back to la so back home as opposed to going straight to berlin because of the location in the airport and then when we left uh there caught the la i went from term one terminal to the other caught a flight back to frankfurt from frankfurt to berlin and of course landed in berlin put my bags in the hotel, and then I ran straight to a Huawei meet and greet. So th this was literally all in a span of a continuous, so almost like a day and a half worth of between traveling, jumping from one place to another, and then not resting till about 12.30 midnight their time in Berlin, which is roughly in the afternoon for me on the 1st. So that would be almost a 24-hour thing. So long story short, I land in IFA, and I'm like, basically, just let's go, let's go, let's go. We had a whole day of IFA on the 1st, no, sorry, on the 2nd of September. So I was able to be on the show floor. I went in there. I watched the Honor launch event, the key event, uh, the keynote as well. Uh, had an opportunity to go check out some of the other things. And I met with a lot of people, too, which is really nice. So one thing I will say, though, IFA did change a little bit this year where they're allowing the public to come in a lot sooner than they typically did in the past. They still had the media event days, which unfortunately I missed because I was in condo. The thing is, IFA on its own is like an entire week for media. So we typically have to start a couple of days before the show starts. So I missed those two days. But then when I landed there, a whole all the public was in there. But even with that, though, this is the weird part about it. IFA did not feel like IFA did last time I was there. 
So from a, from a workflow, meeting people, absolutely fantastic. I got a chance to meet up with a lot of good friends. Uh, one of my buddies, Salah uh, Android Basha from uh, Jordan, was also there with Samsung under the Levant um, program, I guess, the Middle East program. Uh, so long story short, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of great things. Uh, we only had one day in, at, actually at the event in IFA. The second day, which was Saturday, um, Honor took us on a somewhat of a, uh, a nice little AR experience over in Hamburg. So that was a little bit of ways from Berlin. We took a train ride um, and it was basically Isa, myself, Miriam, um, uh, Theo, and we also had Nick Gray from uh, Fandroid. And it was a nice little excursion. We got a chance to hang out. I, I got a chance to hang out with Ben Singh. As, if you guys are familiar with Ben's work, he's over at XDA. Of course, he has his own channel. So it was a lot of fun. But long story long, of course, since TK is just basically going on and on. I got to come home with a device that I didn't think I was going to get my hands on for quite some time. And this is the Huawei Mate XS2, the latest foldable from Huawei that gives us a unique perspective on what foldable should be. Because this device does not does not look, does not try to even mimic what, what Samsung's trying to do with their foldable, with the uh, Fold 4. Um, and essentially, it's they're giving us one display. It's one large display, and it's it's a beautiful display. It's a large canvas of a display, very nice, very thin. So let's go ahead and put this device here. You could definitely see how thin this guy is, flat, and the crease is almost non-existent. This is something that I feel like is the right thing to do. So you can so you could see it right there when you're looking at it. When you look at it straight, it's not even there, and barely even visible on its typical angle. Uh, of course, the big thing about this device is that you can actually bend the display. And when you bend it more than about maybe, eh, I would say a little bit over maybe 20 degrees, it actually turns off the rear display and that becomes the back. This is the back of the phone. With the case that they provide us in the package, since they include cases at expensive devices, go figure, it actually looks, and, sh and for the most part, really, almost looks like it's a regular phone. It runs somewhat of a regular, obviously when you look at it from the top, you can see the speakers. On the bottom, we have the charging port. The camera stack is still the same. And then of course we have a front facing camera. So overall, I'll, I'll say that was a surprise. That was a very much a surprise. I was not sure uh, Huawei was gonna be able to uh, allow me to actually have a chance to spend some time with that. So that was definitely a lot of fun. Uh, let me see here. Let me double check in case I'm missing anything. Uh, Barry Johnson's in there. Hey, Barry, hope you're doing well. Uh, Dan as well, kicking it with us, Barry. Uh, this really, it's really nice. Uh, yeah, <laughs> than I expect to get. It was a surprise. We went through a meeting. They, they went through and they did a, a, media a media briefing of the updates that they've had uh, with App Gallery. And then, of course, their new, the new laptop, uh, the new glasses that they also had, which I do have as well. And... Um, they're not the gentle monster one. That's this is actually Huawei's own um, glasses. So they started basically making their own glasses. So I actually want to see what you guys think because I specifically chose them because of the way my glasses are set. Um, they're very thin. Hold on, let me see. Can I get them to focus? Yeah, right there. That's all we have to do. So they're thin. They're nicely connected, and the charging ports are here on the back. So uh, yeah, right there. So charging port. Let's get it. Are setting here at the, at the tip. So this is what they look like. Well, let's see how we look. So hopefully, and of course it has a nice little announcement. Uh, they're decent battery. I haven't had a chance to spend too much time, but I've been listening to content, watching movies with them. So they look nice. They definitely look like a little bit thicker glasses. So I let you guys let me know in the comments what you think uh, design-wise. Uh, I am considering now uh, getting in touch with my glasses, uh, the optometrist here, just to get uh, my prescription inserted in here. Not with any coding, but just the prescription himself because... I do need a prescription. I can't see without them. So that's, it's a little bit of a problem. So with the phone and the glasses, I'm actually, I feel like I'm pretty set. And then of course it includes this nice little case. 
um, very nice and just protects the, the glasses and it's easy to use. Very, very nice. Okay, let's jump back into the comments. Da, da, da. Um, I don't, okay, so here, Farhan's jumping in with the, I don't expect to see Huawei uh, keeping their, uh, their outward uh, folding the, uh, solution. So I was actually skeptic about that at the first generation of the uh, of the Mate X because of the way it was designed. Obviously, you're thinking, yes, it's not protected, it's not covered. Uh, for the most part, you're really exposing the display, and it's a softer display. But you know, surprisingly, so here, here this is this is just for reference wise. Okay, so this is what it sounds like when I knock on the foldable display. Okay, this is the Huawei, by the way. That's the uh, Mate X uh, Mate X X2. So here, I'm going to open up, and this is the foldable. It's definitely more plasticky on the fold for uh, specifically on the inside. Obviously, the external display is definitely uh, glass, but it, it's actually pretty durable. I've had it in my back pocket literally the whole week. I've used it, put it on table, used it like a regular phone. Not a single scratch. I mean, with the exception of my fingerprints all over it, of course, that just typically goes without saying. Um, the, this, the device, hold on, let me just turn it off here. I don't know if I can show it to you exactly, but you could see right there. Hold on, let me see. Can I get it? Yeah. So you can see no scratch, nothing. The display is beautiful. The screen protector that they have on this, absolutely top notch. So yeah, I, I wasn't sure at the beginning when I saw it because I first saw it back when I when we went to um, Shenzhen. Actually, no, sorry. Yeah, and it was for Shenzhen. We went to the Huawei uh, main campus. At the campus, they got us hands-on. We checked it out. We were all happy to see it. But at the end of the time back then, it wasn't actually available globally. This one actually has a global uh, availability of this. Is you're able to pick it up. So the long story short is... I mean, I would like to see more functional options. They do have a clamshell style that they did after the P50. I think it was the P40. So they have different formats. But the reality is, if you're looking for a large display, if you're looking for a phone that, which, by the way, has a nice little spring mechanism, so let's do it. And then it, it springs open because it locks itself. Uh, the backing is actually very, very nice. So let's go ahead and show the back. Very nice, very grippy material. And the case itself, when you're holding it back, kind of ends up becoming a little bit of a stopgap. So you kind of have something to hold on. Very good, very large, very easy to use. And of course, works with the, the system as well as any of the devices. I, I personally think we need new form factors. Absolutely. Do I think uh, Huawei is going to stop making? I feel like after making so many versions of this, it looks like this is a form factor that at least they think is a good form factor. Samsung's not giving up on it. And of course, as you guys always know, my favorite form factor will always be uh, not, nothing against the other two, essentially, but this is it's more about availability, right? So we're talking about the five. Uh, this is the Oppo Find N. It's a nice, it's a thin device. The display on the front is very good. Yeah, let's go ahead and continue that. And it's a form factor that I'm able to use. My hands can hold it. I can use it correctly. We have decent cameras on the back. Uh, and we get a lot of the functionalities that we like about these devices. So again, not, not against it. I hopefully we'll see how this kind of looks like from, from future generations. Uh, Dan's jumping in with the, um, this looks great. Um, I type with, <laughs> I, um, I typed this on the full three, which is, which is still like, uh, which still looks pretty decent. I think they both look good. There's nothing wrong with the, the design on the fold. The exception is that it's just limiting. The front facing panel has, is a little bit, it's like ever so slightly bigger than the last generation. It makes it a little bit more functional, but you wouldn't notice it if you didn't have both devices in front of you. Um, the large internal display is still as good as we had it before. The refresh rate is still pretty high. Pen input, uh, customizations. 
I think One UI 4.1.1 doesn't play that well with all the custom launchers since I use Nova Prime. So I'm having a little bit of a redraw issue, but I feel like this is more Nova issue than Samsung, just for reference. And I think Nova hasn't really been focusing a lot on foldables. They've been more focusing obviously on your standard, um, I would say candy bar style devices as what we have with most devices there. Um, so we have a question here. So Dexter saying, any idea when the Find N will get uh, Android 12 L? So between you and me, and from what I've heard from some of my sources, um, at this point, it looks like the Find N was, is going to stick to Android 11 until it jumps into Android 13. I think, uh, wow, uh, sorry, Oppo is going to be skipping 12. Now, 13 technically has 12L baked into it. So in a way, that kind of answers your question. Uh, so hopefully early next year, we should be able to start seeing something on the Find N. And uh, the Find N, just to refer for reference, is not an international device. This is a Chinese variant of this device and intended for the Chinese market. So all of the updates that I've received on this have all been on Android 11. But for my conversation, as also just for full disclosure, I was working with Oppo on uh, making some content with the uh, with ColorOS 13. Uh, the model find N showed up in a couple of the a couple of the informational packages that I look like. So it looks like they're working on it and it looks like something like that should be coming up early next year. Can't put my finger on a specific date, but to answer your question, Dexter, that's going to be the uh, the best way to say it. So hopefully that makes sense. Hold on, let me double check here. And we said hi to Dexter. So I'm learning things on uh, on uh, Instagram live. Never, never done that before. On this account, sorry, I will say this. <laughs> I've done Instagram lives, just never at the same time as the Android Bay event. So going back to the comments, um, uh, da, 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 Farhan saying, uh, Huawei, uh, so Huawei could as well launch the third gen of the Mate X and the Mate XS together. Possibly, that you're right. Uh, they launched the Nova 10, if I'm not mistaken, the Nova 10 Pro um, during the launch event. There was the Nova 10 and the Nova 10 Pro. They're more their mid-ranger processing uh, experiences. But I will say this, the Nova 10 Pro looks absolutely fantastic. Like the design on the back with the camera, uh, the, the design around the camera ring essentially looks really good. They're focusing very much on the uh, aesthetical appeal. But it's still a powerful processor. I mean, they're running a 7 Series processor in there. Uh, and it is going to be available very soon. So I'm hopefully going to get my hands on that one as well. Jimmy Fire Dragon, somebody in with, uh, I can't wait to see ZTE's foldable turns out, uh, turns, uh, turns out, uh, fingers crossed. Uh, it has an invisible uh, hinge along uh, with the invisible UDC under display camera. So the under display camera on the Fold 4, I mean, it, yeah, it, it's there. It's kind of hidden sometimes. But the reality at the end of the day, look, when you have a display that's this large, right, when we're talking more than it's just a standard candy bar phone, regardless of where the camera is sitting, you rarely will ever see it. Like right now, because you're looking straight at it, it's there. But if I move it around and just change the positioning, like if I'm watching content, it's sitting in the bottom left corner that most of the time is covered. It's not as big of a concern. My concern always at the end of the day is if you do uh, do use an under display camera, you need to do it the way ZTE's been doing it. Go with a better camera solution. Don't just give me a four megapixel camera for the sake of just regular video. And I've used it. I've used it on video calls. I'm not going to deny. I've done Zoom calls with my son's school on this. It just looks horrible. It's a four megapixel camera. I mean, seriously, light needs to be like super bright. Any kind of low light, it's just not not the best experience. And of course, you can't really, I mean, you can do it with the front-facing display and use the front camera there. But the story is, obviously, is we need a better solution. We don't need, um, and I think ZTE has been doing it the best. I'll, I'll say that much. I'm hoping, I, I actually haven't had hands on with anything since the Axon 20 from ZTE, but I do get a lot of their uh, press releases. So it's hopefully something we'll see. Um, hey, <laughs> hey, uh, Dan's joining us with us, uh, joining us as well on the Instagram. Dexter, uh, will OnePlus release the foldable? Honestly? If the find end, when, not if, when the find end becomes available globally, 
I think OnePlus is going to be the one releasing it. I think it's OnePlus that's going to release the Find N because Oppo already has it, right? And they said that this wasn't coming out. So maybe we'll see a Find N variant of this one come out in the US or internationally for Oppo, uh, for OnePlus. And then Oppo can release the Find N2 next year when they come up with, uh, when, when there is an iteration of the Find N series uh, update. So uh, yeah, I, I think there is going to be a one. I think OnePlus will be definitely the one taking it. No official words. This is, again, me personally specific, speculating on it. But I will say that hardware-wise, this is absolutely beautiful. This is so ready to go international. I don't know why it's not. It's the same thing with Xiaomi, right? We see the 12S Ultra released in China only, and they're literally releasing some of the best technologies, best cameras, best optics in a market that obviously appreciates them, but I feel like they're, they could definitely benefit from having more uh, more people and more people uh, get eyeballs on these things. So we'll have to see how that goes. Um, let me see here. Okay. The glasses look cool. Yeah, then thank you, man. Thanks. I I, I want to say they kind of look almost regular. Like it's not that thick of a bezel on, on the sides, like on the side rails here. I mean, by comparison to mine, obviously anything is much larger because I have a very thin, very like you can barely see. See, like I'm passing it in front of you. You could barely see it. Uh, that's how thin the frame is. And this, this obviously, you know, this is the style of glasses I've been using for, for quite some time. So I'm really happy with that. But I, I, I need to get my prescription on it because I cannot. Like I can use it for general stuff, but like if I start getting into where if I want to keep them on longer than just a few minutes, it becomes hard for me to do things. Like right now, if I had them on, I wouldn't be able to read the comments very well. I am I'm not a blind, but I would be like this and squinting and like Grandpa TK come up shows up and I don't want to. I'm not in the. <laughs> let's not do that there. But yeah, for sure. Uh, Javier, hoy man, hope you're doing well. Uh, thank you very much. Davin Davis is in there. Hey man, hope you're doing well. All I want for Christmas is an Xperia Five Mark IV. You know what? Seriously, though, seriously, let's let's be like kind of take a step back. Obviously, foldables and so on are, are going to be a big part of it. I want to talk also about the iPhone and, um, you know, the, the whole change that Apple is doing with that as well. The the Xperia 5 Mark IV for me is is such a leap forward in the technologies that they were able to add into it. And then they still didn't raise the price. That's a big difference in some people's looking at like, OK, look. Year over year, Sony always asks for, you know, the price goes up a little bit. But I always want to say, look, they're doing things into these devices that are giving you way more than you had before. The price goes up based on the technology they're trying to give you. You know, the dual aperture on the telephoto uh, lens is something that only they can do it correctly with moving parts inside. So the Xperia 1 Mark IV this year came out with a little bit of higher price. Typically, everybody will jump on like, well, why did they raise the price and so on? You know, well, th then Sony listened to that and they're like, okay, look, let's do this. We're going to give you the best Xperia 5 Mark IV. And this is the best Xperia 5 uh, that we've seen to date with somewhat of a small tailored experience. So you didn't get the dual aperture on the telephoto. We got a 60 mil on that one. They're still using the 12 megapixel large pixel uh, cameras with higher uh, readout from those to be able to give us 4K 120 on all three cameras. Uh, you know, active, sorry, um, auto phase detection, active uh, uh, face detection as well. I auto focus on human and animal as well as 20 uh, frames per second uh, burst shots on high from all three lenses. And all of that comes in with a 5,000 milliampere battery, an upgraded camera on the front, upgraded speakers, still a brighter display, again, to follow the Xperia 1 Mark IV, and they stuck to the same price. So for that, I am very excited. And for that, my friend, I will be with you as well. All I want for Christmas 
is the Xperia 5 Mark IV. Unfortunately, this is a pre-production unit. This has to go back to Sony very soon. So for me, my time with it has been, uh, it's on borrowed time, but it's definitely very exciting. I get a chance to enjoy these things. And, and the problem, well, it's not a problem, actually. It's kind of a good situation for us. We are roughly right now on, what is it, like at the 10th of September, right? So we're almost basically at the 10th of September. Uh, and for the most part, by the end of uh, October, this is going to be available in the U.S. So it's a very short window. They are running some promotions on it as well. Um, jumping back in with Dexter real quick. Dexter says, Samsung should release a phone with a, with the Find Ends dimensions, along with a larger foldable uh, that will be like more of an ultra. So for that question, that one's coming in directly from Instagram, just to kind of reference. At CES... Samsung showed off a lot of form factors for foldables. They didn't show this at CES. They, I mean, we knew what the Fold 3 and the Fold 4 and the 2, all of that stuff. The, the, mechanic, well, sorry, the mechanism may have changed, but the aesthetics didn't really change much. So what we saw there is we saw all the other options, and I really thought that that's what the Fold 4 was going to be. And then lo and behold, Fold 4, minor update to the Fold 3. Very much on the, on the same note as everybody, for the most part, everybody else on there This uh, for this generational updates. Not everybody is doing that. So do they have the technology? Absolutely, Dexter. They have that very much, and they have it, and they've been testing it. It's just not ready yet. Um, they probably will be releasing something a little bit more along that side maybe next year. So earlier this year, they teased us with this. Next year, we'll start seeing some more actual devices that they may potentially release. But I would probably say 23, maybe 24 will be when Samsung starts breaking off away, at least from this form factor. The devices that I saw were more of a rollable style. So kind of like how the, the Oppo Find X uh, was originally announced. And the LG, the LG also showed us off, um, I think it was a, a demo video before the whole debacle that happened right after CES. Uh, not this year, obviously, this is right around the pandemic. And then, so long story short, yeah, we should be able to see something like that uh, from Samsung and other companies as well. I think the foldable technology has been going through at least four to five years worth of iteration. So we should be moving on to more functional options. Uh, I think the Z Flip is still technically one of their most advanced options that they have. And that's mostly because they actually focus on that price point. They realize they'll sell way more Z Flips than they'll sell you know, Z Folds. But we'll see how that goes. Okay, let me jump in here. Da, da, da. Oh, Purposely Gaming. Hey, Matt, hope you're doing well, dude. I uh, hope, uh, hope you're having a good week. I've been a little bit off my game this week. This been, it's, it's like... A little bit back into that whole IFA slash Kando uh, conversation. I So I was able to handle everything there like a champ. I was barely sleeping. I was staying up till 1230, waking up at five and then running and doing everything. And of course, the day I came back on the fourth, which is Sunday, I think, I woke up at 430 to catch a 730 flight to be back here at around 130 in the afternoon. So this was like still crazy time. So I'm I think I'm almost out of the whole jet lag. I'm able to sleep normally through the night and everything's kind of normal. So I, I will be picking up my production and stuff. I did push out a video yesterday, late afternoon on um, the Xiaomi Scooter 4 Pro. Oh my God. So okay, seriously, Xiaomi makes scooters for, for quite some time. And the last scooter that I got a chance to play with was the Onyx uh, Neon uh, from uh, the one I, I borrowed uh, from, uh, right? So the one I got from Juan. There's a massive difference in experience between the two. They're, they're both good riders. They're both very nice. The larger wheels, the, uh, the, the longer base, the larger battery, and the stronger motor on the uh, Xiaomi 4 Pro makes so much more of a difference when you're using it. And it really is a much more comfortable ride, like really easy. Um, and I said that in my video. I actually had, every time I used to do those hoverboards, uh, the scooters and all of that stuff, after some time, when I come back, my knees start to hurt. And this is just me. I realize, you know, Grandpa, again, I'm not going to try to keep harping on it. But long story short is coming back with the Scooter 4 Pro for after like 35, 40 minute rides, 
easy. I walk off, the suspension on that thing is top notch. So I really enjoyed it and I put the video out uh, yesterday. So I hope you guys had a chance to check it out. Uh, I put a little bit of a teaser on Instagram and of course that one's doing very well. <laughs> like it's, it's weird. Xiaomi and Instagram, they really like, anytime I put out Xiaomi scooter stuff, like even the teaser for the scooter pro, did very well on Instagram. So I'm really happy and hopefully you guys uh, definitely like that as well. But yeah, thank you very much, Dexter, for that question. Um, okay, Donald, Donald's jumping in. Let me take a quick trick, a quick sip of the liquid here. Oh, dude, um, welcome back, man. Okay, so Donald, first, glad to see that you're doing better. Uh, you know, getting, getting through that is definitely very big. I uh, miss watching the show. We've been out for the last couple of weeks, so I'm, I'm I, hopefully that that everything is good with you now and, and everything goes back to normal. So uh, the last couple of weeks have been really crazy. IFA and Sony kind of not Sony directly, but IFA and the Sony event threw me off course. And and of course, you know, Juan was out of town. I was out of town. So there was the whole thing like last week we didn't have any live streams, but we're back. We're back at it. And I think for quite some time, not not as much of a travel coming up in there. But again, glad to see you doing better, man. And uh, thank you for joining us again on this beautiful Beautiful wet Saturday morning. I'll say that. Davin Davis, uh, Sabaho, hello. Well, everything, everybody's doing well. Farhan's in there. Uh, Golan Lavi, hey man. Good, 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 no, good afternoon or good evening. Good evening. I think it's probably in the evening. Uh, I hope you're doing well. Um, Greg, of course, as always. Uh, Farhan's, it's decent. Xfinity Mobile. Oh, I only work on uh, on stock sims. So uh, yeah, on, on stock eSIM. I think well, we'll have to. I'm not sure if that was what you meant. So we actually, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about that. Uh, El Josa, hey man, hope you're doing well. Hey Tika, long time no see. Glad to see you caught this one as well. Thank you, thank you very much. Hope you're doing well. Uh, so here it is, uh, Farha, Farha, and jumping in. Um, come to think about it, I remembered that only the Xperia One Mark IV got the price hike. Um, to see that the Xperia Five uh, retained the price is actually pretty much a good blessing. And again. There is something to do with that mental effect of like knowing it's $9.99, not over. The price point is a big factor. But on top of that, you do get a free pair of buds if you pre-order it, which on their own is about $150 worth. So you really get a much better bundle deal if you're going with the Xperia 5. And I feel like the 5 does a much better job at giving us that longer battery. It's a smaller 1080p panel, so it will last you even longer. Not to take away from the One Mark IV. The One Mark IV has its purpose and has its presence and it's its own category. The 5 Mark IV has always been my kind of like uh, the faster, easier to use, a smaller one-handed, and of course, a 1080p resolution display, but 120 frames per second refresh rate. So they started it there. So great for gaming, great for content consumption, larger, larger battery. We still have the DAC. We still have the headphone jack. We still have the SD card support. And a lot of these things that we're going to start talking when we talk about the iPhone kind of get me in the whole concept of like, oh my God, what the heck is Apple doing right now? So we're going to jump into that. But I, I know, yeah, exactly. Staying at the same price, always going to be very nice. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, they do have to sacrifice over here. So they do have to tell, sacrifice to tell a photo camera. And I think that's where the technology needs to start kind of, we need to understand why. The price, I feel like, kind of limited them what they wanted to do. The last last year's Xperia 5 Mark before, Mark three was at a thousand, but it was more than what it was before because of the telephoto lens that we had that we kept from the Xperia one. Now they're making a little bit more delineation between what the five series is, what the one series is. And then of course, when we go into the pro I or the pro series, the pro I really is for imaging. So the, I felt like the pro original was more about broadcasting where the pro I was more for imaging. So you got the better imaging sensors there. And then of course we have the standard one and the five. 
And I won't deny the fact, and I'll say that I'm jealous of the fact that Europe has the 10 series, which is technically uh, a more of a budget-friendly version of an Xperia. And I did make that recommendation to Sony. I'm like, seriously, if you're only selling devices online anyways, why not bring the 10 series to the US? Why not allow people to experience the Xperia uh, uh, camera, not cameras per se, but the Xperia experience, for the lack of a better word, um, at a much lower price. So allowing people to experience it, not necessarily think of Xperia as a thousand plus, a thousand and above type of a price point. Um, and I'm hoping that they take that advice. I'm hoping that we do see the Xperia 10, even if it comes only on Sony's website as an unlocked model, which we don't have locked models here. I think it's a, it's a good opportunity for people to be able to experience Xperia and still enjoy uh, basically the content and the experience of what Sony provides us. So I hope I hope it actually makes sense and I'm hoping that it it, it works out. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so, okay. First, I want to, I want to touch base real quick on Greg's comment. So Greg was very gracious enough to, and I think he said, he told me that he sent the Nexus 6 to Juan, but Juan and I haven't had a chance to meet up since. So when you sent it over, uh, Greg, we had planned to meet up and then it kind of fell through. We're trying to shoot for not this week. When I say this week, I mean, next week, the coming, the week after next, uh, we hope we'll be able to meet up. And, and the really weird about, part about this is, we don't live too far, but we live far enough that it takes about 45 minutes now to about an hour with traffic, a little bit over an hour to go meet up with each other. So it's a little bit hard for us to carve out two hours in, in that one day to meet up. So I'm hopefully be able to get my hands on that uh, very, very soon. And of course, uh, I really appreciate you. Uh, I, well, I'll say this. Thank you for, for, for doing this for me because it's been very long and I haven't been able to find my Nexus 6. So it's kind of like it's a really bad situation when, a, when I can't find a phone in my office and it's not that big of an office. So uh, for everybody in the on the Instagram side, if you don't mind, just let me know if I'm sounding OK to you, uh, because I have you sitting next to the laptop and I'm not using a microphone. I'm actually using straight on the phone. So we'll see how that kind of goes. Um, OK, Dan. Uh, OK, so here, Dan, on on the uh, on the YouTube side, the Xperia 5 Mark IV has a price increase, too. I just uh, just doesn't start um, with the 512 gigabytes. So, yeah, it is. So that's, again, the compromises. That was the other thing. I didn't get a chance to touch base. It The 5 Mark, sorry, the 1 Mark IV typically came with the 256. The 512 was always reserved to the Pro Series, right? So the Pro and the Pro I had the 512. What Sony is doing this year with the Pro is, uh, with the 1 Mark IV, is that they really wanted to say, look, yes, the price is going to go up, but we're going to give you the best experience possible. So 512, best cameras, all of that around. Sony had to obviously make some compromises, but keep in mind, we still have the SD card. So at 128 with an SD card, it is totally workable to be able to offload all your media and all your extra, what I would call them baggage, uh, essentially the, uh, the things that sit on your drive or on your storage that don't necessarily get accessed all the time. And that will help you use the device much better. So yes, in a storage capacity, we did dip a little bit, but I look at that as, you know, with all the other things that they gave us in there, it's still a very capable. And again, SD cards, you can get yourself an easy like a 512 or one terabyte card uh, and then get that upgrade. But I think a 512 is pretty reasonably priced now, and that will automatically just increase so much of your functionality. Uh, but yeah, it's something you have to keep in mind. It is a little bit of a different situation. And 128 is, to a certain point, not necessarily the best, but with an SD card, it's absolutely functional. It, it's doable. Um, many, many companies will sell you at, at about a $1,000 phone, and it's 128 with no SD card. And I feel like this is at least something that Sony is sticking their guns to, uh, or they're sticking to their guns on this one. And it actually does. And it's so easy because you can, without any tools, seriously, here, SIM tray. Very easy, very simply, tool list, SIM tray removal and insertion. And we still have the IP rating on it. 
So you're right. You're right. It is definitely for sure. Uh, Davin Davis jumping in. Uh, TK, I'm waiting for the dual SIM Hong Kong variant when it comes out. Um, hope it, it have 256. There's a good chance. There is obviously a very good chance. The model that I saw is, from what I understand, uh, intended for the UK, for e, uh, Europe and the US. The Chinese and Hong Kong uh, variants may more than likely have dual SIMs. This is where we're going to start getting talking about the whole conversation of SIM cards and why it is important and why Apple decided to basically remove the SIM tray out of an all of the iPhone 14s in the US, but kept it internationally. And that's going to actually touch points very much on your on your comment, Dav uh, Dave, uh, sorry, Davin, because it, it is very important to people outside of the US. It's just that for some reason in the US, uh, Apple decided to make a decision for their users as opposed to at least, and this is my opinion, at least, do a SIM, an eSIM and a SIM option for once and, and or transition us and just or give us the option of picking up a version that has and doesn't have a SIM, SIM tray. Specifically for people that like to switch SIM cards, as yours truly here loves to do all the time. Um, Oh, so I'll say this. Uh, I didn't get a chance to... So Xiaomi was not at the event. So that was the, my biggest bummer. Xiaomi, OnePlus, Oppo um, did not actually go to IFA this year because they covered MWC. And, I, and there's also, just for reference, um, China's still going through a lot of their lockdown uh, protocols. So they still have, if they leave and they come back, there's that whole one to two weeks. And, and from what I'm hearing, there's also a lot of other things going on. But no, I did not. But I did see, I'll say this, I did see a friend of mine that had the Mimix Fold. Uh, and you know what? <sighs> it is definitely very exciting to see. Uh, it looks very nice. I literally, it was more of a 10 second grab, looked, hold it, maybe folded it once. Um, and I was just very excited. So, but I didn't have a chance to play with it. So not a lot of uh, time to be able to make a, an opinion on it, but it looks really nice. It is definitely more so like the uh, the fold uh, here, the, the XS2, than it is on the on the uh, on what, what we get with Samsung. So you can see, uh, let me see. I mean, you could see how thin this thing is. This is crazy thing, like serious. Very nice, very very nice. Um, JV Tech T, hey, hold on, let's just drop that right there. Hey, J uh, so Josh is uh, hanging out with us on Instagram. Hey, Josh, how you doing? I'm trying to do uh, a live stream here on both Instagram and on, um, uh, on on StreamYard for the YouTube side. So just trying to kind of keep alive, but I'm running the, the stream from two different devices at the same time. So yeah, uh, the placement in here when I'm looking at the camera is ever so slightly off, but that's mostly because of where it is. But yeah, good morning. Hope you're doing well, man. Uh, I got it. So when I went to the Sony thing, I got a chance to hang out with Josh for quite some time. So it was really fun to hang out with Josh, with Edabong, uh, with David Kogan, the unlocker. And of course, just uh, Michael Fisher. There was a good presence for YouTubers. Let's say that. It's definitely an alpha camera event, but Xperia was definitely represented. So definitely for sure, they're uh, loving it. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so we have two. Okay, so we have Joshua and uh, so Josh Vergara, and we also have uh, Joshua Will Williamson. Good morning. Hope you're doing well. And let's go ahead and drop drop that in there. Say hi. Um, so let me read a few more questions in there. But yeah, so to answer your question, Jimmy, it looks absolutely great. Didn't get a chance to play with, so I'm hoping somebody has it here in the U.S. and I'll be able to check it out. If not, maybe around CES, we'll see who has it with them. I know I say CES like that's a long time from now, but it's not that far. Uh, hey, <laughs> hey, Josh, good morning, man. Hope you're doing well. Um, so Golan jumping in with a question. TK, the OnePlus Nord 2T versus the A53, which one would you prefer in terms of performance and camera? Honestly, the A53 is a tough sell for me. Even if you have an option right now, I'll probably compare it more to the A52 5G. The A53 is 
it's a it's an option that I felt like was more of a step back than a step forward for Samsung when it came down to the A50 series. So the A52 for me would definitely be the the choice. But if between the th two that you put in there, I would probably go with the Nord 2T for me. That would definitely be more of a, a step forward for me. I like what Samsung does, but I also prefer what Nord is and what they're offering us at the price point. Uh, specifically because I've used Nord devices many times, and the Nord and the Nord 2 are definitely very nice. So between the two, I would definitely go with the Nord 2T. Da, da, da. You're welcome, TK. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh, dude, new screen and battery. Okay. Dude. Okay. Definitely. Definitely. I'm going to talk to Juan, see if we can set something up. Uh, having my tea, I uh, got a ton of work to do. <laughs> so Josh is kicking it, doing his stuff. And he's, of course, taking care. I mean, we all do the same thing. Uh, I woke up early this morning and I was like doing a lot of B roll and stuff like that. I'm starting to prepare for some of the other content that I need to push out. Uh, I'm playing around with the THX Onyx that I just got in uh, during my trip, right before the trip. Um, I also got the brand new Amazfit. This is uh, a brand new watch from Amazfit. This is the GTR4. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. Let's see if we can get that in. Bam, look at that. Uh, and it kind of looks like a digital crown, but this actually is a functioning button where you actually spin um, and it actually does like, uh, I don't know how I can show this to you. So here, I don't know if you, you can definitely see it. So like right there, see like it, it actually does work. So I really like the functionality, really good. Uh, larger battery, of course, uh, longer battery life. So we'll see how that goes as well. Um, let me see here. TK, Davin, David jumping in. Uh, but TK, the Apple, Apple knows best and for their for their US users. So no eSIM cards for sure. So, okay, let's just jump in on that because I feel like this is, you know, the elephant in the room kind of talking about it. I, the iPhone 14 compared to what we saw last year is an iterative upgrade. We know that and everybody expected it to be this way. Although they kind of teased us with uh, the stars and so on, I honestly thought there was going to be some kind of an astral photography mode. No conversation there. So I don't really understand the concept of their, their teaser uh, background to what they were showing us, except for the fact that we have a new camera sensor on the Pro. With that, with that being understood there, the 13 to 14 upgrade seems like more of a not really a needed thing, more of any earlier generations. But the biggest thing that stuck with me the whole time, okay, it was the conversation of removing specifically the e or the SIM tray for the U.S. market. Now, it's removed in the U.S. market, but it's available outside of the market. And what happened essentially is that iPhone 14, 14 Pro, 14 Plus, 14 Pro Max will be an eSIM device. And that means that you need to contact your carrier to set it up. But once you're set up, there'll be an application on your iPhone to manage it. You'll be able to transfer your eSIMs. And you can also have, by the way, more than one eSIM on your device with different lines, different plans. But you can transfer them over Bluetooth directly from one phone to another, being as long as your phones are both iPhones. No technology, no transfer protocol yet, as far as I understand, transferring it to and from Android. We don't have that standard yet. Uh, there is existing methods on Android to be able to transfer one device to another using a QR code. That's not what I'm referring to. I'm talking about if you're coming from Android and you're going to an iPhone, you it's not a simple thing. You have to call your carrier and do it. But this is where I'm worried. My worry is, and why I put out a video on that is, for me, as a person that travels and likes to switch SIM cards all the time. This is a big concern for me because now I can no longer do that on the fly. I can't switch my eSIM from one device to the other because more than likely, if I did have my eSIM and the say on the iPhone 14, I wouldn't be able to do that without calling T-Mobile and say, hey, I'm trying to switch my eSIM from one device and let me switch it to this device. And I still don't understand it, depending on how the companies deal with it, if they're going to start treating eSIM swapping as a fee, like an activation fee. Anytime you switch an eSIM, it's like activating a new account or a new phone. If you've ever upgraded devices with your carriers, you know there's an upgrade fee. There's a fee, although they're not doing anything physically, it's just to allow you to upgrade from one device to another. They charge a fee for that. 
Now, it doesn't usually get applied for people that bring their own phones, but you know what I mean? Like if you're switching between phones all the time, this could become a, a little bit of a, a damper because if you're switching from one OS to the other, till we have somewhat of a standard to be able to switch things, it's going to be more complicated. So traveling or even top of that, using local SIMs in the, in the markets that you're traveling in, we, that's going to be almost non-existent because you cannot buy a SIM card or a prepaid SIM and put it in there. And you cannot buy or activate a, uh, an eSIM in, the, in that country if you don't have an account there. So there's always that flexibility that we're going to lose. And I always worry about, you know, what if they don't give us the best deals when we're traveling? What if, what if the data package that I have from, let's say, my carrier right now doesn't transfer well to the country that I'm going in because they don't support it? In the summer, I'm not going to lie to you guys, and I was able to kind of mitigate some issues, but I had a very expensive bill when my mom went to Lebanon. And that's because Lebanon doesn't have very good coverage and you cannot buy in local SIM. I mean, if obviously my mom should have just gotten a local, local SIM to use data there, but we were using it and I thought I had some favorable rates from my carrier and that didn't materialize. It just turned out to be an expensive bill. So long story short, not the fun, not the funnest thing to do. Um, sorry, jumping back real quick here, uh, Dexter, uh, the Oppo Pad Air is literally a rebranded Realme, uh, Realme pad that OnePlus might. Okay. So when we talk about Oppo and Realme and OnePlus, we have to keep in mind, remember, BBK and part spinning is going to be always a big thing. Yes, to a certain point, uh, if we really kind of want to put more, even more fingers on the thing, uh, the 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 small mini uh, super charger that uh, Oppo released recently has been, it was actually the original version of the tiny charger that Realme put out earlier. Um, we see this all the time. We see a lot of kind of co-branding jumping from one device to the other. For the most part, because, you know, for everybody in the chat and everybody with us here, we're tech, we're tech enthusiasts. We seek tech. We seek the knowledge for tech outside of our own market. But for people that live in a market where Realme is more prominent than Oppo or OnePlus is more prominent than Oppo and, and vice versa as well, where Oppo is more than all the others, you really wouldn't have noticed it. Um, I am trying to get my hands on uh, one of those, uh, one of the Oppo Pad Airs because uh, there is supposed to basically be the uh, their uh, PC Connect functionality that they've been doing for us for PCs for quite some time. Now will work with their tablets, so allowing me to transfer content, let's say from the Find N, from the Find X5 Pro, directly into the tablet and vice versa via just a direct connection. So those are things that I'm really excited to see. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Uh, the Bionic Scoop. Hey, man. Good morning. Uh, Sabaho uh, Scoop is joining us uh, there over on Instagram. It's really exciting. Um, but yes, let me let me try to jump back on the on the comments. Uh, Jimmy Fire. Yes, they are priced a little bit higher. Okay, so I think Golan's responding to somebody else. Um, <laughs> okay, Jimmy's jumping back with the hashtag. Come on, TK. Just admit it. TK is massaging Nico. No, 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 no. Okay, look. Huawei does things, take that, let's step back. Xiaomi does this all the time, right? Like Xiaomi with Realme and with, um, uh, what's it called? Black, uh, Black Shark uh, and all the other sub-brands. They do this all the time. It's a part spinning situation. It's a marketing situation that we've seen for so many years and they're leveraging the different brands that they carry. Realme for the most part was always, so for the, for the longest time, OnePlus was its own thing, right? Then we had Oppo and then we had Realme, which was the more affordable version of Oppo, right? Kind of like how Honor was to Huawei. Now, Realme has been kind of stepping it up a little bit more this year. We saw a flagship from them. They came out with the first 8 Gen 1 devices to the market. We saw a lot more things from Realme come, kind of coming up this year. And we're seeing them produce content more. So they have a laptop, they have a tablet. There's a whole bunch of other things. And I think Oppo just basically leveraging that market and basically reintroducing it. So if it's the exact same hardware, absolutely. Uh, maybe a little bit of uh, different features are set uh, available on the Oppo version than the Realme UI. But at the end of the day, it is still an experience that, you know, 
typically should not be a big surprise to us to see Realme, OnePlus, and, and Oppo share hardware between each other. They don't do that with Vivo. Vivo sits on its own with IQ kind of thing. But again, it, it's it's the way that they're able to basically leverage some of their technologies. And it may also be a way for them to leverage the cost. Maybe sometimes they're not getting as much of a profit on things. So I'm not trying to justify it. I say I'm understanding it. And since everybody everybody does it so openly, it's now somewhat of a standard that we kind of just have to accept, right? Yeah, at the end of the day, if you buy it on Realme, it may be a little bit cheaper, uh, but you may not get all the, all, the, all the same features. But at the end of the day, again, it, depending on where you are and what you're able to get, that's going to be the best solution that's going to work for you. So I hope that makes sense. Uh, oh, uh, so here. Uh, hey, hey, welcome, man. Hope everybody's doing good. I'm loving this. This is really good. I'm glad I was able to get all of us uh, kind of joining at the same time. Davin Davis jumping in. I think he's responding back to Greg. It's one of the reasons why I didn't, uh, why I don't like the new Pixel design. Uh, Google acting like phones didn't get damaged, uh, so uh, being difficult to repair them like Apple. So yeah, it, the right to repair situation is a big conversation. Regardless, we need to be able to have the ability of taking our devices into a local shop and getting them fixed, or even if we want to fix them ourselves, still get that, that functionality. So we'll see how that kind of goes there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh no 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 uh jimmy jimmy's being straight up no, no I, I totally am with you yes no absolutely um look if i have to kind of maybe seriously let's just put like a more of a, a straight up statement i like i like what bbk is doing not the company but the products that come out from them the x70 pro plus absolutely one of the best cameras on the device to date even in 2022 and i'll say that i know the x80 pro is existing but I don't have the X80 Pro. So for me, if I'm going to shoot B-roll, that's where the, the content is going to come from. Uh, so for me, this is a device that I really appreciate. Oppo, I appreciate them for what they do. Uh, they are trying to figure out what to do now where they are in the U.S. or so they're start, definitely working on different options. The, uh, the 10T is a solution that I felt like they should have done for many, many years. Eliminate the standard model, go with the T-series at the end of the year and provide us a pro at the beginning. You get the benefit of having uh, a little bit of more coverage across border, but it doesn't also give you a lot of a crowded experience, meaning a 10 and a 10 Pro at the same time makes it a confusing conversation as opposed to just a 10 Pro and a 10T later. Oppo does the same thing, and I like what they do with their cameras and their aesthetics. They're definitely pushing more of an experimental features in there, and they definitely like to experiment at the X series or the Find uh, Find series. And then, of course, we have Realme that provides us more of a more budgetary-friendly price version of what Oppo uh, offers. So this really is something for everybody. Xiaomi does the exact same thing. With the exception of those two companies, then we start looking at more boutique not boutique but like specific companies. I, know, I borrowed the word boutique from Juan, so you guys can understand where Juan's always sitting on my mind. Um, then we get Moto, then we get some of the other companies in there that are a little bit more specific, not very diversified. So OnePlus has the Nord, other companies, you know, uh, Moto has their own series, the G series, and then of course uh, their, uh, their Edge series or so on. So I appreciate what they do. And Sony, of course, with their line of devices, uh, Samsung is kind of like trying to figure out what they're trying to do this year. This is a weird year for Samsung. They're not necessarily innovating, but they're kind of playing word games and different configurations. Like I'll say this. There is no reason that the Z Fold 4 does not support ultra capacity on T-Mobile in the US. The bands that we have on the Z Fold 4 are not the same as the S22 Ultra. I don't understand that. It's a $1,700 phone. There's no reason it shouldn't be supporting it. It doesn't show the bands. Like I can see it on every device, even on the Pixel 6a, uh, even on the Pixel 6 Pro. I could see that there's ultra capacity in my neighborhood, and this is something that I don't have access to it. But this is something that they decided to do. They gave us 
an interesting approach this year, uh, but not a lot of new technologies. But yeah, <laughs> Dan, just jumping in with the TK, <laughs> I'd love to try. Uh, yeah, no, same here. Vivo for me, if it wasn't for Juan, I would have never had a chance to touch it. I took it with me for the first time. I borrowed it from him last year, uh, right at the end of the year, right before Christmas, around Christmas, I think, before we were all starting to go around. And I covered uh, CES with it. And when I went to MWC, I didn't have it with me because, you know, I, I think went back and I don't, I don't I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I think Scoop had it back then. I think Scoop had the X70 Pro Plus during the time I was at MWC. And then maybe a month or so later, I got my hands on it. And it's been my favorite device to to shoot on for B-roll purposes. And so it definitely works and it does what it's supposed to for sure. Um, <laughs> just it's total tech shield clearly absolutely grand uh dan of course now i wish i wish it was the situation uh but no it, it, the the sponsorships on this channel are literally few and far apart 90 percent of what you see on the channel is not uh sponsored content but what i see is the excitement of innovation is done outside of my market it's not in the market that i live in I like what Pixel is doing, and I appreciate what Samsung is doing. I also appreciate what Sony is trying to do, and I love what they're doing in their devices. But at the, at the end of the day, when you walk into a store in the U.S., you don't see Sony. You don't even see Motorola. You see Pixel. You see Samsung. You see oh, you see sorry OnePlus, and then you see Apple. Those are primarily the band, uh, brands in there. And there's a few others. There's like Revels and stuff like that, but those are typically um, more like budget-friendly devices. But from a brand standpoint, those are what we're experiencing here in the U.S., the reason why I'm very fond of what uh, you know Oppo does, what Realme does, what Xiaomi does, Redmi, Red Black Shark, it's because those are the things that typically would make our market much more competitive. But we just don't have that. Sony is in the U.S., but Sony's selling unlocked devices specifically on their website and on 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 retailer stores, so e-stores. They don't have a presence uh, in physical stores like we used to have. So there's a big difference there. I mean, they used to actually carry the Sony Compact. I have a Sony uh, Z series, a Sony, a Sony Z, fo uh, not Fold, but a Z uh, device from Sony back in the day when T-Mobile used to carry them. So this is literally one of the things that we've kind of lost. So yeah, I love the technology. I'm a very big fan of it. I love showcasing it as much as I can. Uh, but I also appreciate what what we are getting outside of the U.S. And this is probably why you see me more excited about those kind of coming in, in there as well. But I'm I'm with you guys. Uh, okay, hold on. Dexter jumping in. You see Apple and Samsung in front uh, of the store. Uh, the other brands are way, way in the back. Oh, absolutely. There is Samsung and, and, and Apple are paying. Actually, I'll say this. Uh, I found it very, very funny when very few people commented on it. In the Los Angeles area, and I don't know if you guys for the rest of the country in the U.S., if you live in the U.S. and you haven't, maybe you've seen this or not, have you noticed that there's been more segments, more comparisons or more conversations around what Samsung can do that Apple doesn't? And this was running for the last two weeks, at least in my town in Los Angeles. I had two different main channels that specifically had segments talking about the foldable phone where Apple has nothing on this or Apple can't do this. This this was very weird. Like Samsung's actually starting to pay money to get, and I and I would almost be tempted to say that the people making this segment were iPhone users. This is how funny it is. But anyways, long story short, Samsung's trying to creep in and start leveraging the foldable technology around where Apple's going to be talking about the iPhone 14 and so on. Because actually, yeah, the moment the phone uh, iPhones uh, start dropping, the 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 air is going to get sucked out of the room, which is weird. Like nobody can talk anything other than iPhone. But yes, so long story short is it's very weird. We don't have access to that. We don't see those. And Samsung and Apple are front and, front and center. And they're, for the most part, the de facto iOS slash Android experience. And, and that's not right. That is just not right. Um, here, I saw the Pixel. 
Hold on. I, uh, so wrong reader saying, I saw that the OnePlus 11 Pro might be uh, rebranded as the Find X6. So no, it wouldn't be rebranded. So I'll say this to you. Um, if you've ever held a Find X3 Pro and an, uh, uh, a 9 Pro, sorry, the OnePlus 9 Pro and the Find X, uh, are, the Find X3 Pro and the OnePlus 9 Pro are, for the lack of a better term, literally like twins separated at birth, but may not necessarily be identical. They're more fraternal. Few differences here and there. The display is the absolute same display, same panel, same refresh rate, same everything, the same LTPO technology. And I say this is because I actually buy the OnePlus 9 Pro uh, and the OnePlus 10 Pro's uh, glass protectors, and I install them on my Find X series, and they work the exact same way. So the Find X3 Pro and the, uh, the Find X5 Pro are pretty much identical displays to what we saw in OnePlus. To rebrand the OnePlus into uh, uh, Find X, I feel like for the most part, it would kill the brand. The moment you call it a find, it ends the uh, the conversation around OnePlus. And I don't think Oppo, Oppo wants to do that. Oppo still wants to keep Oxygen OS and Color OS somewhat independent, although they're dependent, they're based on the same source. They're still giving them their own unique characteristics a little bit. Uh, so it, it would be very hard for us to, to, to see that because if it does happen at that point, I mean, I don't know what OnePlus has at that point because the moment you start releasing your phone on somebody else's version, uh, on another version, then it starts, it stops being what that brand is known. And at that point, you might as well just call it an OPPO device. You can't call it a OnePlus Find X6 Pro. You know what I mean? But I understand the rumors will always go around. And I think we're gonna just need to see how kind of that, that kind of goes around. Find X series and the OnePlus series, we're probably not gonna hear a lot of real more solid information until we get closer to the end of the year after the announcement of the new chipset. Uh, and if they do it the way they did it this year, more than likely releasing in China first before it comes out to the international market. So there's gonna be some conversations going on. Um, so let me jump quick. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So here, so yeah, Jimmy Fried Dragon. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the crap that Samsung was tweeting, like, oh, they, uh, they have a 108 megapixel, uh, camera over two, over two years. Like what? Yeah, no, seriously. This is, this is the same company that's going to make fun of Apple. And like literally as soon as everything kind of calms down and somebody in their marketing department says, you know what? I think what they did was like the cool thing. We should just... Oh, we're going to have to, uh, yeah, so we'll delete all the other, yeah, so we'll go ahead and delete all those other comments. We'll come back, and this is going to be the new, uh, sorry, they did the same thing with the charger. They made fun of Apple right out of the box, saying that they include their chargers in the box, and lo and behold, the uh, the thinnest boxes I've seen now from Samsung ever since, even on the A-series, that's the other thing. The A53 lost the charger in the box. The A-series lost the charger, not the premium flagship. This is supposedly their budget phone for people that do need the charger, that typically don't have chargers sitting around. They lost the charger for that. So yeah, no, uh, it's crazy. But and I saw it actually on TV, like they were making TV segments, right? Um, but they were in their in their talking points. This is the weird conversation, okay? When you see a one-off, right? When you see somebody doing one segment and saying, oh, look, this does it that the other one doesn't. You're like, okay, maybe this guy is really trying to grasp at like a little bit of an SEO situation. This is a television channel, and they're specifically targeting Apple before Apple announces their iPhone 14. This is a campaign. Obviously, this is sponsored. We know that it's sponsored, but it's just the narrative is very similar, and you're kind of like, okay, I see what's happening. You know what I mean? But they make it sound like it's more of a, like, you know, oh, by the way, look at this. It's a sponsored content, so we'll have to kind of appreciate it for what it is. Um <laughs> 
<laughs> it's funny. Uh, even though Apple is at Samsung's biggest concern. Yeah, actually, so this is the weird thing. Many people don't realize that Samsung makes most a lot of displays for other companies than they just make them for their own devices. Sony makes the sensors for like 99% or 95% of devices on the market right now. And they make they focus on a specific experience on their own devices. So for sure, it's a very different one. We're going to have to see how things go kind of like at that point. Um, <laughs> okay, so one second, Golan. Uh, stay hydrated. Stay hydrated, my friend. Uh, so Golan jumping in. Uh, we will finally see the premium models of OnePlus and Oppo, uh, um, a periscope lens um, shooting at a distance, obviously, uh, like Samsung's uh, Xiaomi and Honor. Um, I think to a certain point, uh, Oppo and OnePlus have been, haven't really been focusing on telescope or ter the periscope experience where they kind of jump in there because Huawei had that one before as well. Uh, the, they actually started the technology where they were able to use the camera stack side mounted sideways with reflective mirrors coming in from the back of the device to allow us to have a much more further focal length to be able to focus on that. Um, it's hard to tell when OnePlus and Oppo is going to actually start focusing on it. I think it doesn't... They've been focusing more on innovating on design and different parts. Like uh, the Find X3 Pro had the microscope camera that now Realme uses. So there was also that whole part spinning thing going on. This year, they focused more on dual 50 megapixel cameras. And we saw the same thing, the 48 and the 50 on the OnePlus 10 Pro. It's hard. It's hard to tell if they will. They probably will start focusing on it. Uh, you know, it's nice to see if they're able to push that envelope or maybe allow us to have better technology in that market. So I think that would be the biggest thing for me. Can they produce a good enough of an experience where it's not just gimmicky, just to, for the sake of saying we have like a 10x or 120x or 100x uh, zoom, kind of like what we see with Xiaomi and so on. Um, and I will say this also, just keep in mind, anything beyond 10x, it really is more of a show. It's not a very functional. The picture, once you leave the optical solution where the you're no longer actually optically stay, uh, connected at that, that focal length is an optical uh, solution as opposed to a digital, you start seeing the noise, you start seeing the grain. And essentially, anytime there is not even enough, enough light for the picture, it's just going to not look that good. At 100x, it may be cool to show somebody, look where my phone can see, but it's a zoomed in 100x image. So at the end of the day, it's it's only going to be as good as the sensor you're using. So we'll have to see. I think at 3x to a 10x, which is 90% of what I used on the on the S22 Ultra, no more than 10x. If I can't hit it with the 10x uh, optical zoom, I typically don't try to punch in further. I will either walk in or step back or try to figure out a way to make the shot work. Uh, especially when I'm trying to photo, uh, you know, uh, shoot my son when he's swimming and so on. That type of content, you need a good camera, but you need optical. You really need optical. Digital will will show. It'll just show, and you don't want your memories to be pixelated. I'm with you. Uh, at this point, TK, have we hit the TK? Okay, so we're almost at the TK section. Very, very close. Thank you, Chemi, for giving, keeping us on track. Um, at about another five, 10 minutes or so, we'll be able to hit that. So what I wanted to kind of like touch base on the whole Apple situation is, look, if you're upgrading to an iPhone 14, just be aware what's happening. The reality of the matter is Apple realized that outside of the US, dual SIM is a big factor or a SIM card. Sorry, not dual SIM. SIM cards are a big factor. People typically do switch their SIM cards. Now, why did they choose to release a specifically US version variant for this thing? I don't know. I really don't understand. It cannot be a benefit to them. Well, actually, I take that back. It has to be sometime, somehow benefiting them and benefiting either the carriers in the US. Because at the end of the day, forcing me to call my carrier every time I want to change my device because I'm switching between Android and iOS, that's just going to drive me crazy. And yeah, more than likely, at some point, I'll probably just stop doing that and go to a carrier that does. But then it's really hard to tell because we really don't have, don't have a lot of options. 
We were talking in the chat or I think in the comments, I saw somebody uh, posting a comment. I think it, it may have been Farhan. I, correct me if I'm wrong, Farhan, uh, saying that maybe a better deal now to just basically buy SIM versions of the iPhone 14 when it becomes available and start selling those in the US just to kind of get the market going for people that want SIM cards. Um, yeah, but I think for people that are really going to be focusing on this, they may end up just importing a version of the iPhone, which is funny because back in the day, People used to, so I, I have friends and I have family from other countries and so on. And I've known of people that travel to the U.S. And when they're traveling in the U.S., they would buy the iPhone in the U.S. and then ship it back with them back to their country because that's what used to happen. They didn't have enough of those devices back there. Or maybe even Apple wasn't there, but they wanted an iPhone. Now we're seeing that a potential possibility of having the inverse of that happening, and that allows people to be able to get the SIM trade back in. Now, for all we know, this is a temporary stopgap situation. That means at some point, all, our, all of their iPhones are going to be releasing or removing the SIM card and going to an eSIM. But I feel like right now, the biggest thing for us is to get a standardized version across devices, regardless if an Android or an iOS device is being used, a process of transferring eSIMs without having to call your carrier every every time you want to do it. Also, a process that allows us to manage our eSIMs more, uh, more, um, more functionally uh, across devices, like transferring multiple accounts or transferring a single account at a time over Android and iOS is a big factor. Also, we need to start seeing, seeing more companies release eSIM variants of local SIM cards so that you're able to import those easily by scanning a QR code on the back of a prepaid card. You get that in there and your device is going to basically be your, your, your carrier version of that. So I'm hoping we'll see more advancements in there. Apple definitely took the brute force of basically uh, introducing us to it. I'm hoping that we'll also start seeing some innovation done on the other side because it is going to be coming. And I think for the most part, if I'm not mistaken, carriers like eSIMs, it's easier for them to have as opposed to have a, a SIM card sent with a box every time or having uh, asking people to basically or, or even I think the, the security factor, I think what some people were talking about was SIM swapping. But the problem is not as secure on our side, right? It's not like our SIM card has been there. It's the problem that carriers couldn't have, did not have enough of a security method to be able to prevent SIM swapping and getting people's accounts hacked. That's the biggest concern. So we'll have to see how that goes. So I don't, I'm not trying to extend that too much, but yeah, I know what you guys mean. Um, we're about 200 times on. Oh, okay, hold on. Farhan's jumping in. Um, the Huawei Mate uh, Mate 50 RS Porsche design uh, periscope telescope uh, camera was uh, with has a macro capability. I don't think ever I've ever seen a smartphone with such a capability. It it's tough. Yeah, no. Huawei started us with this. All of these technologies. This is the weird thing. The P40, the P30 was one of the P20 was one of my favorite. The P30 was great. The P40 started us with the periscope camera, and we saw that continue. But unfortunately, the P uh, the P30, I think, if I, no, no, the P40 was the last um, uh, Google Play Services uh, P series that uh, Huawei had. And so the biggest thing that I will say is Huawei's always been pushing the technology when it comes to cameras. I mean, the reason I'll say this: Huawei came out with the Mate 20X, the Mate 20 Pro, with four cameras on the back. Okay. And it was literally one of the first devices on the market. And people were like, why do you need so many cameras? This is when cameras were just going at the two, two times camera and then they jumped straight up to four. We now see camera stacks that are three camera stacks. You know, this one's uh, again with the three camera stacks, uh, three camera stacks. Sometimes we have four, sometimes we have five. I mean, we have devices uh, that even have like almost, I'm going to say 16 cameras on the back. So depending on where you are and what you're trying to get, Huawei has had a hand in the innovations that you're enjoying. You probably just didn't know that it existed. Um, Dexter jumping back in the day. Uh, Huawei being blocked in the U.S. really hurt the co uh, competition. Absolutely. 
from the from the improvements that we see, even though they're still innovating on their own side, it's just it's hard because they are they're not able to compete the way they used to, and their brand is not as high as where it used to be before. I'm still a fan. I'm still a fan of what they have to offer because they're still trying to innovate. They're still trying to provide technologies. Uh, it just, you know, right now we can't get 5G there. It's pretty much a 4G. And the chipset on this, even though this is releasing in 2022, middle of the year, is the 888, not the 8 Gen 1. So we're still somewhat of a processor behind, but way more power. So, sorry, take that back. The 888 is way more power than we need on a foldable. There is no question that we are definitely overpowered in what we need. I'm just more so referencing the fact that it, you know, the SOC in there is not the HN1. So we'll see how that goes. But I, I'm with you on that one, Dexter, for sure. Um, <laughs> the Reaper Black, I'm with you too, man. I'm with you too. Uh, Juan has been guarding the X80 Pro uh, a little bit too closely to, to, to his chest, but I, I'm hoping when we get a chance to hang out a little bit, um, I want to see where I'm able to hang, uh, share with him and he'll be able to share with me because I want to try the, 12S, uh, the 12S Ultra as well as the X80 Pro. I want to get a chance to enjoy some of that Sony, not Sony, Xiaomi and uh, you know Vivo uh, action right there just to see really is, is the hype that well uh, when it comes to from the X70 Pro Plus to the X80. Although we're almost at the door of the X80 Pro Plus, if I'm not mistaken. I think I saw somewhere there was an announcement that it's going to be coming up very soon. So Techtober is almost here. So I'm sure this is going to be a big conversation there. Um, I've heard uh, past... Okay, hold on. The Reaper Black saying, I've heard in the past couple of weeks that the X80 Pro Plus... Is <laughs> uh, when my mind is ahead of the comment, the comment comes... No, I'm saying uh, it's exactly what we were talking about. Uh, yeah, uh, exactly. It should be coming up very, very soon. So it, for the most part... Yeah, the X80 Pro Plus will will show it. I'm assuming it's obviously going to be on the 8 Gen 1, 8 Plus Gen 1 and some some optimization. But the X80 Pro this time is definitely not what we saw last year with the X70 Pro. This is still held holds holds its own and it's still an improvement over the X70 Pro Plus from last year. So for sure. Uh let me da da da. <laughs> okay, so Jimmy Fire Dragon jumping in. Let me take a quick sip there. Uh man. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, fingers crossed that we'll keep the charger in the uh, in the box again, and uh, I guess uh, they would ship it first or the second week of October, more than likely. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I think for the most part. But again, keep in mind the markets that it's going to be in. We're not going to see it here. In I'm hoping, honestly, between you and me, I'm hoping Juan is going to be part of that as well, so we can get a chance to hear some more stuff about it. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. I, I'm not confirming. I'm not saying anything. This is not even discussing it with him. I'm hoping. He's had some good track with them, and I'm, I honestly feel like I hope that they do at some point, even if it's not at launch, at some point get him uh, his hands on on the X80 Pro Plus. We'll see how that goes there, for sure. Okay, so um, not the, not the circle back on on uh, on uh, Chemi's comment, uh, but yeah, we're almost at that point of the uh, the TKception. If you guys are not familiar with it, if you're new to the channel, make sure you like and subscribe so you're always familiar. And you know exactly when we go live. But the biggest thing today is obviously is we'll start seeing some comments coming up in the channel uh, in the chat. Um, as a hashtag TKception. So unfortunately, on the Instagram side, I do not have a way of doing this since it doesn't cross over. But if you are on the Instagram and you don't know yet, you can follow me on the uh, the Android Bay. Uh, so youtube.com forward slash the Android Bay. That's where the live stream is. And we have this nice little visual effect that kind of comes up and you'll see it in a few minutes. But uh, we'll start kind of also circling back and talking about some of the other comments coming up. Okay. Um, da, da, da. let me see. Okay, so here the Reaper Black jumping in. Um, should I take chance with the X80 Pro or wait for the X80 Pro Plus? That's what I'm um, what I'm hesitant on uh, about right now. More than likely, more than likely, the improvements over the X80 from the X80 Pro, the X80 Pro Plus are on. They're going to have some substantial. I'll say that. 
I don't think it's going to be this substantial difference between the two. There's a generational update with the software, obviously with the hardware, I mean, with the processor. But I think it's not intended to be an upgrade from there. I think it's, for the most part, if you're not in a hurry to get the device now, I would wait for the X80 Pro Plus and then make your decision then. Because at the end of the day, at the very least, the X80 price will drop a little bit and you'll get the benefit there. And if you do end up going with the X80 Pro Plus, then you'll know exactly what you're getting yourself into. I wouldn't, there's not, unless there's a specific need for us to, or for you to jump into it now, I would definitely take a little bit of time and then just uh, give it some time and wait for that for sure. Jimmy Fire Dragon, yeah, we're joining, uh, uh, we're joining, join us, uh, join the Brits, don't have to wait too long uh, to get the X80 Pro. Oh, sorry, yeah, a uh, month or two ago uh, for, from the UK as well. Yeah, so actually, I've had good luck buying things from the Amazon UK site. I'm surprised, like getting devices, the, uh, what's it called, the Nothing Phone 1. I was able to get it in three days ordering it from the, from the Amazon UK site. So that was a nice surprise, a nice little, um, it wasn't too expensive, but and shipping was reasonable, actually, pretty, pretty reasonable. Um, the Repo Black, by the way, Oppo is removing the charger from some of its phones in 2023. Wouldn't be a surprise. I think at this point, it's more of a when will they do it? Not necessarily uh, will it happen. Uh, but then it's just it's a conversation. But at the, what I would probably say is this. When companies that innovate in charging technology remove chargers out of the box, it becomes a little bit of a concern because the people that are buying these devices, let's say the uh, the Find X5 Pro or, you know, and or the OnePlus 10T. And you don't have that charger in the box. It really takes away from the whole announcement saying this is the fastest charging device on the market. Oh, by the way, the charger is 45 bucks. So, the, and especially for people that decide to buy it. So I'm, I'm hoping that they'll offer two solutions, kind of like how Xiaomi did it at the beginning. And I see like Xiaomi kind of stepped back from it. Xiaomi now allows us to get devices with chargers. The charging experience is very much part of what the device is. So it's hard for us to separate the two from each other. So long story is if Oppo decides to do it, I'm hoping that at least for the international market, they allow us to have options to be able to get the chargers. Because especially for me, like if I was buying the device from uh, from, a, like I say, a reseller in, in Hong Kong or even in Europe and I don't get the charger, that's a separate charge that I need to make sure to keep in mind that it's not in there. So, yeah, we'll have to see. But it, it's not surprising. It's I mean. It is the way it is. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, thank you, Apple. That's all I will say. Um, because again, Apple still charges you for the charger if you want to get the higher charging uh, capacity. Um, Dan's jumping in with the one Mark four or five Mark four TK. Which one would you prefer? For me, I'll be very honest with you guys. The five, the one Mark four for me is still more of the one that I prefer more. There's a couple of reasons for that. The screen, the screen, having a bigger display definitely plays a bigger factor for me. Uh, but it's also because it's a 4K panel. And when I connect it to my camera, when I want to live stream from it, it's much bigger to work with. Nothing's wrong with a 5 Mark IV. It's just that from a, from a footprint when I'm standing away this far, the bigger the display, the better. And of course, the higher resolution display, the better, because then you'll get the colors and you'll also get the, the, the resolution to match the display. So for me, the 5 Mark IV is great. But the display size is what gets me. If it's a 1080p, but the that display, I would probably be a little bit more working with that. But I like the fact that the One Mark IV also obviously has, uh, you know, technically one additional camera, although it's more of a focal length, um, running at the 125 with the new camera stack. So uh, they both are great. I would get the One Mark IV mostly because of what the the other options that we got with that with the larger display and the 4K panel. So I, I'm with you there. Um, yeah, uh, actually, it wasn't that bad. Um, when I got it on mine, it was about seven pounds. It was just like seven or so pounds uh, extra. Uh, it wasn't that much uh, for like what I normally would have gotten. It. And I got it via DHL, which is what I'm, I don't understand how how Amazon was able to do it. And I, I, I take it back. No, no, take it back. I'm sorry. It was 16 pounds. It was 16 pounds uh, for shipping. 
but it got it in three days. So it wasn't bad at all. So yeah, it, it's about twenty to twenty dollars, twenty to twenty twenty to thirty dollars roughly. Uh, but when you consider that you're importing it and you're getting it shipped internationally, like I mean, obviously from the UK. And for me, I'm on the West Coast. I'm on the opposite side of where the UK, uh, you know, uh, is closest to the US. That was actually a pretty decent, uh, pretty decent uh, deal. Uh, Dan, thank you very much for hanging out with us. No, I, we're almost at the end of the show too. So uh, if you guys like to, you can drop in those hashtag TKception's in the chat, and we'll be able to kind of uh, do the TKception and uh, you know kind of culminize and, and get the show kind of uh, ending there. But for the most part, it has been an interesting week. Apple kind of bringing in a whole bunch of stuff. They, they're borrowing. I, I said this on the uh, on the um, on the show with Juan. I said I'm actually kind of excited to see that uh, Apple is releasing a 14 plus. And when I say excited, it's more so excited about the fact that we have an option. It's more so than the actual technology itself. For the longest time, Apple's always allowed us to only have a large display on the Pro Max series. So you had to buy up to the best of the best to get that large display. And we didn't have that on the 14 series. So you had the 14, you have the 14 Pro, 14 Pro Max. This year, they went with the 14, 14 Pro, sorry, 14 Plus, which essentially is the Pro uh, Pro Max size display without the promotion and stuff like that. So it's more... Um, it's, it's more really just a bigger display with a battery. That's literally a bigger battery, bigger display. And that, that was something I was excited. But from, from what we've seen, things coming up, the Ultra on the battery, on the uh, on the on the Apple Watch is way overkill for most people needing it. This is literally more at the Garmin level. But I feel like a lot of people are going to buy it because it has the word Ultra in it. And it's an Apple product, which tells, again, it is an Ultra packet. They definitely packed Ultra features in there. So for that, I'm at, I'm excited. Uh, the buds themselves wasn't really that excited. Again, I mean, spatial audio is one thing, obviously, but they've had good audio solutions for quite some time. So this one was felt like more of an iterative update. And if you have something from last year, you probably don't need it unless you specifically need a new feature from there. But with that being said, let's go ahead and bring it up here. Haven't it feels weird? It's been two weeks since we've done this. Uh, but let's go ahead and put it in there. Uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, let me take that one out. Okay, so Greg, take that back. I think. Chemi kicked it off for us a while back, but I don't know where the comment is. Chemi, if you're in there, if you don't mind, maybe putting it back. Oh, here it is. Chemi chopped us in there. Um, so with that being said, let's do this. We're going to do share. We're going to do screen share. And come on, let's do it with me, buddy. One, two, three. Yay, got it doing. So for, for everybody on the Instagrams, uh, so this is what it kind of looks like. So this is an TKception kind of coming up. And uh, yeah, so this is like trying to <laughs> bring in, bring in the experience. Um, and of course, jokingly, I am using the uh, 13 Pro Max uh, as uh, my live camera to Instagram because I was trying to look for all the phones that I wanted to talk about today. And I could not use one of them as, because if I had it for the camera, I couldn't use it here. So it obviously defeat the purpose. Uh, but with that being said, I want to say thank you very much to Chemi, TKception, uh, TK Android Bayception. Thank you very much. TK Sony, Sony Xperia kicking it with us as always. Uh, let me jump back real quick here. And I think I saw Greg's comments. Uh, tell me I can Greg. Oh, here it is. And Greg, thank you very much. TKception, uh, TK, we'll get the Nexus 6 at some point. Yeah, TK the man. Thank you very much, man. Hope you're doing well. Um, and thank you again for the camera, uh, for the display and the battery replacement on that one. Davin Davis, always appreciate having you with us. TK Roots Teslas. Yes, absolutely. Uh, TK Dual Streaming uh, and TK SIM Card Defender. We need, yeah, seriously, we need to stop with the taking away of things every time we, we release a phone that is supposedly an upgrade to what we had before. It just doesn't make sense. Um, uh, let me see here. Jimmy Fire Dragon, TKception, TK has <laughs> stay hydrated. Thank you very much. TK Tesla Bay, TK BBK Bay, Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy's just messing with me today all day. Uh, I always uh, do it again. Uh, I appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, thank you, everybody, kicking it with us. 
Oh, here, the Reaper Black. Thank you very much, TK, <laughs> TKBBK. Oh, my God. Uh, TK Sony Xperia, TK, TK Vivo X70 Pro Plus. Absolutely there. Uh, have a great weekend, you guys. Hopefully, everybody does great. Uh, it's been... I'll say this. It's very nice being back in the studio. It's very nice being back at home in my home base. And of course, if I can just get this thing to run correctly, um, it's it's always nice to be able to be back at your home base and getting everything running and running correctly. Uh, for me, the biggest challenge I had this week was literally kind of getting back into my normal work. Also, I was out for a week for my day job, so I had to kind of come back and redo some stuff. So um, work wasn't exactly as easy as, it, as I thought it was going to be just disappearing for one week. Um, so with that being said, there's going to be a lot more conversations coming up, a lot more devices to, to come. Obviously, um, iPhones, if I'm not mistaken, are going to be starting to deliver sometime around the 16th so within the next couple of days or so by next Friday, I think. So we're going to hear more things. We're going to start seeing some people that live with these devices and how does this actually impact them and how easy it is to convert from one SIM card to another. And knowing that most people that buy iPhones and upgrade every year and they get the iPhone 14, they're going to have a little bit of a surprise if they didn't see the announcement because it's A, they're not going to have a SIM card in the box and B, there's no place for them to put their SIM card. So they're going to have to have those nice conversations with their carriers. So with that being said, um, Oh, Jimmy Fire Dragon. Uh, yeah, thank God for the Honor Magic 4 Pro. Um, oh, international launch, of course. Yeah, and I think it's available. And Magic UI 7.0, they also kind of talked about it a little bit as well. Um, so thank you very much for everybody for kicking it with us this uh, this weekend. Golan, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much to... Oh, Marilyn's in there. <laughs> Late but made it. Thank you, Marilyn, for kicking it with us. Jimmy Fire Dragon, Golan, uh, Davin Davis, uh, of course, the Reaper Black. Aljosa's in there with us as well. Uh, and of course, I think Greg was in there. Chemi was in there. Dan, Matt was in there as well from Purposely Gaming. Uh, and everybody just hanging out with us on this beautiful Saturday. Uh, and of course, Dexter over on Instagram with Josh uh, and just hanging out with us. Just they kind of have a nice little chat. So be well, stay safe. And um, if you're if if it's hot and everything's trying to stay cool as much as possible. I know it's in mid-September almost and we're still not with the heat still not letting. Uh, but hopefully very soon we'll see a, a nice little change in the weather. Uh, but with that being said, hopefully in the near future. So I'm working on a video real quick uh, for the THX Onyx. Um, also on uh, the uh, the U-Perfect little thing that we saw with one. I have one myself and I'm going to be working on that as well. Some more content around the, uh, the of course, the Mate XS2 and the glasses from uh, from Huawei. Uh, again, I just need to go down to the eye doctor's office and put in my prescription request. Shouldn't be that complicated, but you need to put it in and it takes about a week or so to get in there. Um, and I, I'll have more content, more stuff also. And I, I, I am planning on having one more video on the Xperia 5. Mark IV uh, before I have to return it uh, to Sony so that I can share with you guys my experience because uh, in the video, a lot of the content that I shared with you guys was only up to Kondo, but then I never showed anything beyond that because I left. So I have more content from there on the device because I used it when I was at uh, IFA and I enjoyed using it quite a bit. So with that being said, thank you very much for the support. Like and subscribe as usual. The audio version of this podcast will be coming up very shortly. Uh, and then of course, other than that, have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday in the comments with Juan Carlos on the SGGQA. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, Dan, I, I'm not sure if uh, Dan from Grounded Tech is going to have his live stream today, but uh, either himself or Roger Bot over on Twitch, they'll be running their own uh, gaming and just fun uh, uh, streams as well. And of course, I'll see you guys next week on Thursday and on Saturday for the Android Bay and the best of our week. Bye-bye, everybody. Take care. Okay. <laughs>